Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphis and also hosts the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on these airwaves 92.9 FM ESPN on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's it going today? Good. I'm, I was driving along mm-hmm. and I was listening to the end of the last segment and I heard you irritated Connor. But yes. then I heard the famous words, I am not going to irritate Jeff Calkins. I, I wouldn't be so sure. You know, oh, you, you just wow. might. You know, you, okay. I never, you never what, know. What could I bring up? What, what could I bring up to annoy you? Any number of things. Well, okay. we could go back to discussing any number of things, including, uh, you know, koozies or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of things that we've clashed about <laughs> in, in previously. So I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to prejudge. You never know what sort of uh, animosity could be unleashed in this segment. Yeah, koozies, that wasn't really animosity. No, I mean, that, that's, that's not that big a deal. And I still, I, I do have my Harvard my Harvard koozie now, thanks to you. Right. So I did I, gift it to you as a peace offering. Yes. So we, we are, yeah. we're, all, we're all good on the koozie talk. We're fine. We've, we've, anyway, we've, uh, that's all. I, uh, okay. uh, other than that, all is, everything's good. Um, I, I can't imagine we'll have uh, any disagreement, really, about what has, been, uh, what has been talked about with the Pac-12's board meeting with presidents and ADs. Apple streaming deal, incentivized tiers, strong upside if, and only if, certain subscription numbers are met. They did not agree on a deal today, and I don't think they should agree on a deal. And I I don't know, like when we talk about Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, I don't know how they can stick by and ultimately stay in the Pac-12 if that's what's being offered. I remember Larry Scott uh, with Pac-12 Network did something similar. He did low, middle, and high projections for uh, subscription uh, uh, with, with Pac-12 Network ultimately, and they ended up with low. I can't imagine these schools will enter back into a deal like that. It just doesn't make sense. It was kind of pathetic, honestly. Uh, I mean, the notion that, I mean, if you read the ESPN story, it said, well, no guarantees that they'd meet the big, you know, Big 12, 31 million or whatever, I think is their, what, what they're promising. You know, if things go well, but what, what, I mean, <laughs> this reminds me of, 
back when when Gary and I started our radio show, uh, it, you know, it, it, at one point we had to sell it ourselves, and um, right. and it was just like, oh come on, man! It's just like if yeah, if enough people, if this were no people want people want to know how many people by the way schools want to know how much money they're going to get, uh, how much money they're guaranteed to get. And they don't want it to be contingent on, yeah, well, if so many people sign up, you could get up to whatever. <laughs> it's Honestly, it sounds like a deal, and I don't mean to disparage our beloved American conference. It sounds like the kind of deal that the American or old CSA or something would be forced to accept, because not the the high and mighty Pac-12. It's, it's, it's kind of remarkable uh, what, what it has come to. And no, I can't imagine that it would, it would be an attractive uh, proposition for any school that is thinking about departing. I can't imagine it would, it would keep them in the back 12. I mean, 31.7 million or 19.5 million plus stream subscription incentives for a streaming service that sells you $70 a year, and then you probably would have to buy the Pac-12 uh, uh, package on top of that. I, I, it seems like an easy-ass decision. Seems simple, and I, 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 from the reporting, it sounds like there's no one school wants to just completely implode the Pac-12. But they may be—I mean, they may be out of choices if we're chasing money, which is what we do in in college football, which we've talked about. It's it's annoying at times. Um, if we're chasing money, the the decision's going to be easy. How long do you think it takes for Arizona? They have their board of regents meeting. I think it's six thirty today. How long do you think it takes for them to say, "Hey, we're headed to the Big 12? Well, the reporting seems to be on that particular meeting that no decision is expected today is uh-huh. what is is what I last read. Um, it would seem like uh, it would be a pretty easy decision for them. No, it's not easy for everyone because everyone doesn't have a place to go and a place to land. And it may not be easy for, for Oregon and Washington because they may be holding out hope, you know, that someday they'll be invited to the Big Ten. Or So there's obviously other things at play, but... Um, no, if this is the best you have to offer, and you were right about this uh, three weeks ago when it first came up, and the and the commissioner was being vague about the offer, and you correctly called it. If he had a brilliant, uh, lucrative offer, he would have gone public with it, and he very clearly uh, did not have a, have one. And, and here's the other thing. How many people are really going to be incentivized to sign up for this? Because the Pac-12 is not known as a place where people are particularly – hot and bothered about getting, you know, making sure they can watch their sports teams. And then if you take away already subtract USC and UCLA and uh, like uh, folks in Stanford don't go to the games to begin with. Like, are they going to be fired up to sign up for the Apple streaming service? Um, It's just sort of hard to believe. And um, I I do think it to some extent speaks to the new world that we're entering in, uh, in television generally. Um, and, 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 and we're going to see it, you know, we're also going to see it. We may see it with the Grizzlies before long, like the Grizzlies like the idea of the regional sports network and getting a guaranteed amount of money. But what we're seeing is fewer and fewer want to guarantee a substantial amount of money and more and more might be forced to streaming and, and, and seeing if you can sort of generate money on your own or other sorts of things. So I, I do think it's, it's not that surprising given the where television is going and where um, 
TV consumption is going, but yeah, it's a, it seems like a grim day for the Pac-12. If if this was the SEC, maybe the Big Ten going for a streaming deal, you could you could totally see an avenue where people would go buy it and consume it at a high level. But considering this this product and USC and UCLA leaving and, and Colorado leaving right when Prime gets there, there's just no reason. I can't I, – I, if I'm a fan of a Pac-12 school, it's hard for me to really rationalize $70 plus to go watch Washington State and Arizona battle it out late night on a, on a Saturday. I just I, – I, you can't rationalize that to yourself. I mean, if you are a – if you're an Oregon State fan or a Washington State fan, and they have, like, and that's partly what's sad here, is that they have really good and passionate fan bases, right? And, and nobody cares. And, and, and so it's, could I imagine that, you know, a bunch of Washington State fans or Oregon State fans might sign it? Sure, I, they're good fans, just like, just like Memphis has good fans. And so you can imagine that the diehards 100% are going to sign up for it. But um, but not enough to it doesn't feel like uh, at all level the playing field with what the you know certainly the Big Ten and the SEC but even the Big Twelve and the ACC are getting. Mm-hmm. Now talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X uh, with the uh, with the Tigers. We'll start with basketball. They're in they're in the, in the DR. I've I've talked with a lot of people about this and they sort of go. Back to okay, you look at this roster; it's top twenty-five ish, and they talk about well, continuity's not there, and there could be a lot of other teams with more continuity around the country. Where where do you think, like, when we just sort of look at the national picture, where do you think this roster in its current state, let's say even without DeAndre Williams, ranks? Well, John Martin thinks it's top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that you can make a strong argument. I mean, there's experienced double-figure scorers all over this roster. And, and, and I think you can make a strong argument that it should be a top 15 roster. If you want to build in some skepticism, I, to me, the, the, the source of skepticism would be they're going to obviously have to figure some things out in terms of continuity. I and mean, that's just true, right? They're going to have to, yeah. as we've said, they're going to have to figure out the pecking order, figure out who gets the last shot, figure like what, ha- like there are going to be some things to figure out and they do have to, you know, their seeding will be by and large established by January 1. So I think it's very possible to imagine that they will be artificially, have an artificially low seed because they will have taken some non-conference losses that they, um, that they shouldn't, you know, wouldn't otherwise have taken, et cetera. So, you know, will they be ranked in the top 15 on January 1? Don't know. And if they're not, they won't be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's sort of how it works. And so, but I do think it's, it's, and I'm not familiar, you know, with the rosters with every team in the country, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to believe that there are many, that there are, you know, 15 teams out there with deeper, more, um, battle tested rosters than this one. I, I, I have struggled with this question, especially in the new, in where we're at with college basketball, how much continuity matters. I, I get that. But how much does it matter in college basketball at this current moment with how many guys were in the portal and how many guys have new landing spots? Like, I struggle with that question every day. I mean, just, I mean what wins is uh, having, having experienced talent. Tigers have that. But, like, continuity, I feel like, is sort of a backup question. Like, I, I don't know how much it genuinely matters as you get into season 
and, and start playing. You want them to mesh quickly, but you have a full offseason to go yeah, do we, that with guys that seemingly have the, the, the same thought process in mind. These are fourth, fifth-year guys that really want to make a run in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure that they're uh, insanely worried about NBA draft prospects and everything else. Yes, that's probably a thought process, but I, I think it, it, it may – um, it may take a back seat to team success with, with guys of this age. Well, a couple things. I think you're right about continuity can be over, can be, can be overstated. I, I agree with that completely. I think that what can't be overstated is the significance and the importance of cohesive team play, yes. committed cohesive team play, right? It, it, you can come up, you can, you can invent that on the fly, but in the end, you can be as talented as you want and we've seen that with some of Penny's earlier teams. Like we saw that with a team two years ago. Talented, they had it figured out by the end, but until they had it figured out, they were not good. Right? They were mm-hmm. underachievers until they figured it out. And it wasn't, doesn't have to be about continuity, but it does have to be about cohesive, committed team play. And if you were being a skeptic, you would say, all right, there's one year when – People weren't frustrated by Penny screwing with the with the rotation every third second. It felt like, and that was last year. Yes, right. Like it all went away. You remember up until last year, it was always like, "How many guys is Penny going to play in the first three minutes of this game?" Like right. every yes. single year, right? Penny's like, "Get frustrated with something, throw someone else in there, throw get throw someone else in there." Different and um, and so, but last year all that went away because. It was obvious. It was going to be Kendrick, and it was going to be DeAndre, and it was their team, and there just wasn't that much. Like it was, it was so self-evident. You you couldn't screw up the pecking order, and so I don't think it's completely obvious that we won't regress to Penny throwing out a million combinations at the, at the moment. Anything is frustrating. Like I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see how that goes this year. So. And I don't actually think that all these players are more interested in winning in the NCAA than they are in getting to the NBA. I'm mm-hmm. sure I would. In fact, I would suspect that every single one of them is more interested in their pro career. Okay. And I don't mean that to disparage them. I would be like I would be more like ultimately want to win. I want to win, and I know that winning gets me to the pro career and all of that. But in the end, what really matters to me is I going to make a living for the next ten years playing basketball. So I think they're all will be interested in their pro careers. I think, and and I just don't know them all well enough to know if they are players. Is Caleb Mills someone who's going to sublimate his individual goals and numbers for the sake of the team? Don't know. I, I got no idea. And so, I think it's all of. I guess I would say I think all of this is a legitimate question as yeah. to how it will go. I do think the fact that they are experienced players. Um, certainly helps dramatically in terms of assembling this on the fly. What's going to be interesting to me, and I talked with John Martin yesterday about this. He says Javon clearly will know exactly what to do and and how to get that all set up. Jordan Brown is a 2010 guy. He was at Louisiana last year, uh, mid-major player of the year. This is going to be different offensively than it it has been in the past with Penny Hardaway, where it it could be, especially with Kendrick, it was guard-centric. They're going to have to be very intentional about getting him the ball, right? Like, he's a guy that's going to command some touches 
on the low block where they've they've really never worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They've never oh, dealt right. with that before, right? Like, that, I mean, I guess pressure's a chew to a certain extent, but it yeah. wasn't really, it wasn't, he's not the same style. Jalen Duran down the stretch of that season, he's not quite the same style. They're going to have to really go about feeding a big man is I don't think that's ever been a ever been the case under Penny Hardaway no I mean they're gonna have between you know if they get DeAndre back too like they're gonna have as we many have said you know maybe one of the best pairs of big guys you know uh, center and power forward in the country and so yes you're gonna have to be intentional about that and you're gonna have to be intentional about that at a time when you got a bunch of wings who will also want, as I said, want to be putting up numbers. And so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to figure out for this team, honestly. I think it's, I think it's a, a more talented, experienced team than last year. But I think it's a more complicated puzzle to put together than last year. And I think, yes, that's one reason why it's good. They're in the Dominican Republic right now uh, figuring out. And I think it's, um, you know, and I think it'll be incumbent upon, you know, that staff to try to figure it out pretty quickly Going forward, um, I don't think Penny's absence from coaching, you know, those first three games is right. going to make a particular difference I don't, in terms of figuring it out. But it's clearly going to be a challenge to, to see how it all fits together. Now, the important question is how many times Parth, Parth Upadhyay, yeah, how many thing, how many times do you think he's been asked to live stream, uh, live stream those games from uh, from the <laughs> sideline? It's kind of well, that's the other thing. It's kind of crazy that in this day and age, and it's almost just frustrating. They wait. We can't see something? We can see everything. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, we can see the war in Ukraine. What do you mean right. we can't see a basketball game? What are you talking about? There is, I, find, I think there is a constitutional right to see basketball games anywhere they are played or sporting events. Like, it seems almost <laughs> nutty. Constitutional but right. I love it. There, there we are. There's, no, there's apparently no way to watch these games. And it, last time when I was on that Bahamas trip, also, there was really no way to watch them, except for so many people well, were live yes. streaming them. Facebook the, Live. Yeah, it was Facebook in the in the the Tiger Basketball um, Facebook group. 
there was always a live stream and you could always and you could always watch it. And so people if people who are committed to watching it could watch it. And now it's I get the sense that it's a much uh you know, there's not nearly as many fans there, I don't think, as as went on that Bahamas trip. And I thought it was one of the interesting points that John Martin made uh, while he was listening to his show um, a couple days ago. It's interesting that there's so much less hype for this trip of a team that may well be, and in fact is, in fact, probably more talented, more capable, more able to go on a deep run than that than that Wiseman, Precious Achua team. Um, there's less hype for it, even though they're probably more capable. And I think it's just the nature of how you build teams now. There's going to be less. Um, there's going to be less hype because half of these players just arrived on campus a week ago, and so they're like, and they're not you know? number one recruits, and it's just right. a little different out of high school, right? Like they haven't, they don't have their hoop mixtapes out there for everybody to go see all the time. But they do have yeah. experience at the actual college level, which is what matters. Which is what matters. Um, the the Facebook Live thing last time though. I did get a kick out of people. I mean, there was like 20,000 people who watched some random Facebook live. I don't even know exactly who the guy was. But it was, I mean, but it was like, it was floor level and moving a phone vertically to go follow the action. People ate it up, though. People, people ate are it hungry up. for this stuff. They're hungry yes. for it goes to show. It's another example of why the University of Memphis should be in a Power 5 conference <laughs> if you see what lunatics will do in order to watch their uh, basketball team. Yes, uh, this is further evidence. And he says lunatics. We love you, lunatics out there. But talking with uh, Jeff Calkins yeah. at Jeff underscore Calkins, we do have uh, the report day for Memphis football. And I know I've talked about it. The amount of unknown around this team is ridiculous. I have said I think defense should be ahead of offense. And you asked me about O line. Is that sort of the make or break uh, uh, position group of of this year's team? What's your sort of make-or-break question? Like, what, what, what's the biggest question you have about this team heading into fall camp? Well, mine is, and, and, and it's related to the, mine is, like, can they be explosive again? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a whole, I mean, top four, if you count, if you count running backs, I think the top four receiving targets from last year are gone, Right. But Correct. they weren't good, except for, except for, for Kate Priestley, they weren't good receiving targets, with all due respect. You know, it was for the most anemic uh, offense that we'd seen here in a long time. So, like, I got no idea what these new guys are like or if they're any good. You know, I, you, you can read about Toledo, like, whatever, put up these numbers. Like, I have no idea if they're any good and if they're explosive and if they're going to make Tiger football fun again. That's partly what I'm in. Obviously, here's what's fun. Winning is fun. But um, I'm interested to see, um, will they be, you know, will will they be something resembling the explosive Tigers that people sort of started swooning over for several years? Well, let me ask you this. Would you, I mean, obviously winning is fun, but would you rather win, you, you, based on your tone, you'd rather win with explosive offense like we saw a Cotton Bowl year than yes. solid defense I mean, I, like we yeah. like we ought to see and, this and year. Let's be honest, anyone would. Right, <laughs> anyone, yeah, it's just more exciting. Anyone yeah. would. I'd rather win 65-35 than 17-14. <laughs> like, so would anyone. Like, they'd run out of fireworks. <laughs> there are literally times when they would send out fireworks after scores and they ran out of fireworks. 
like that's anyone would like that. That doesn't you know, well, you know I'm, maybe I'm a simple minded person that I do like touchdowns, right? And um and so yeah, that was that was more fun. Um it just was. And but now losing 61 to 35 is not more fun. No, it's not. I'll tell you what's more fun there is winning 17-14. So obviously winning is the most important thing very clearly. Um, I think Tennessee, though, for example, has shown that, you know, you can, and most recently, Memphis before that, you can do both. Sometimes, in fact, scoring a hell of a lot of points conducive to winning. Shocking, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) Like sometimes scoring a hell of a lot can actually to winning, yeah. So I'm in favor. Yeah. Um, we did have Seth Hennigan on the Maxwell Award watch list. And that's it. He is literally, I mean, you just look up and down the roster. He's the only thing that you can say, okay, this is not unknown. We know what he is, but what what can the people do around him ultimately? Like, I, 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 I don't I know if there's another there's position some... on the field that I, I can sit there and yeah. say, I, I know exactly what I'm going to get out of this guy. I know what I'm going to get out of Seth Hennigan, but what else? what else is going to be around him? Well, I'm a big believer in Seth Hennigan. I, yep. I do think, like, even there, there is a question of, like, last year, it felt like he was overwhelmed by the problems. You know, yes. that were not his problems, but he wasn't capable of, you know, lifting the team past the problems. Now, it's not his job to, right? But it felt like the turnovers at the end and, like, it, it – he didn't trust – it felt honestly like I don't – he never said this, but it looked like he didn't completely trust his offensive line and, it, you know. And so I'll be interested if there's another level in South too, I guess, is that's what and, – and, A, you know, what do the pieces look like around him? But then, B, it felt like he was worn down by the larger problems of the team last yeah. year. and. And I and I, I, agree. I, I wonder how that will evolve this year. I mean, just give him a run game, get a little more balanced, and his and his his throwing the ball will be consistent. I think he's top ten in returning pass yards from last year. Like I mean, he's in right. the in the nation. Like he's he threw for a lot of yards, but you started to see some of those mistakes. Like there were some pick sixes late in the season where he was put into really tough situations where that's he had to drop right. back fifteen plays in a row. I, I mean, that's just hard. Things. It felt like he had to make things happen to guys who weren't like, you know, he missed Calvin Austin, you know, so yes. did I, by the way, of course, <laughs> so we all did. Um, but yeah, it felt like he was sort of on his own too much. And, yeah. uh, and so, and then, yes. And then he didn't necessarily always handle it. Right. Always handle it. But that's why. Now, last thing for you at the top of the AAC, you have Tulane, you have UTSA. Are you overly <laughs> convinced that either of those teams are going to, going to be as good as they were last year? Tulane obviously beat USC, um, uh, in in a, in the New Year's Six game, uh, UTSA has been really good. They still have Frank Harris Jr. Although uh, Zachary Franklin is is sixteen hundred yard receivers at Ole Miss. Like, are you are you convinced in either of those teams replicating what they've been able to do the past couple of years? What I was really impressed by UTSA was how how physically dominant they were. In that, you know, they fall behind Memphis, and then it just felt like they beat them up, right? Yep. So yeah, you can take a receiver and put them on Ole Miss, but are they still going to be, and I don't know enough about the team to know, but it felt like they were just, like they had the, the better roster. You know, it just felt like they they were the physically superior team um, last year. And then with Tulane, like, it's hard to have, it's hard to have, a, once you have a magical year, by definition, it's sort of atypical, right? Yep. Can you have 
can you string magical years together? And we, we saw that Memphis did for a while and then the magic goes away. So, um, I mean, I think it's appropriate that they're both picked ahead of Memphis. I think that's true. Um, I think it's logical that both were, I can see why both were, but no, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, like Georgia in the yeah, like, right. inevitability of like, well, that's just a superior team. There's no way you can compete with that. And it's one of the points that I've made before is that, is that no matter how the world changes for the Memphis coaching staff and for the situation of someone trying to win at Memphis, what you know is, is the world is changing in the exact same way for Tulane and UTSA and the teams you're competing against. So if you want to say, hey, this is a different kind of a job. It's harder to recruit to this job. It's harder to keep players for more than a year. It's hard. Well, that's all true at Memphis, right? That's 100% true. Mm-hmm. But it's also true at Tulane, and it's also yep. true. It's it's also true for the teams you are competing against, mm-hmm. right? So you're not having to deal with any challenges that your competition isn't dealing with. In the same way that when you were ruling the conference, you had the same rules as your competition, and so. You know, to me, is there any real reason why Memphis should not be as good a football program as Tulane? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And there's a million reasons they should be a better football program. And there's a million reasons they <laughs> yeah. should be better. So, right. uh, yes, and I, and no matter what the rules are, as long as everyone's got the same rules, I don't see why Memphis can't be better than Tulane. So, mm-hmm. no, there's not an inevitability to it the way that if you're at Missouri, you're thinking, how the hell are we ever going to beat Georgia? It just uh, it doesn't feel like that at all to me. Nope, I hear you. I hear you. Well, Jeff, appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow. See ya. Yes, yep. sir. That's Jeff Calkins. Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. And he is uh, at the Daily Memphian. He's a columnist there. Go to dailymemphian.com to check out all of his work. Now, we need to take a trip around the NFL and training camps. We'll do that next, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now time to take a trip around the NFL. Welcome back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. First, I have to start with a full NFL piece of news. The NFL just announced that this year's Super Bowl in Vegas will be simulcast on... Nickelodeon! It'll be on Nickelodeon. It'll be the first time that the Super Bowl has an alternate telecast on another network. So we get to see the Slime Zone. So the, I probably will not be watching this. This all this is for kids, of course. But we'll get the Slime Zone. We'll get the MVP, right? I think Dak Prescott and Mitchell Trubisky's or Trubisky are, are previous winners. So that's that's always fun. But Nickelodeon, of all the networks, if you were to bet on this ten years ago. Of all the networks to ever get an alternate telecast of the Super Bowl, would you ever think it was going to be Nickelodeon? Probably the hell not. Probably not. Yes, but that is that. The Cleveland Browns. All right, for the Browns, we have the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. It's coming up fast, man. I mean, this is this is wild. Jets and Browns, of course, started camp a little bit earlier. For the Browns, uh, we finally have some uh, sort of active, inactive news. Deshaun Watson and most of the starting offense will not be active for the Browns in the Hall of Fame game. And the Browns will start none other than Kellen Mond. He got let go by the Vikings, former Texas A&M standout. Uh, the closest thing they ever really got to a uh, college football playoff was when Kellen Mond was last there. And then we've seen they've fallen off a cliff since then. They haven't found anything uh, resembling an offense under Jimbo Fisher since then. But Kellen Mond's going to start. And then Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who they drafted this year out of UCLA, will get some time as well. But the starting offense, Deshaun Watson, 
will not be out there. I wonder what Kellen Mond's going to be able to get done. He's got to save his NFL career. I mean, there's a reason he got let go by the Vikings, even though he was a, a relatively, I mean, when we talk about quarterbacks, relatively high draft pick. I mean, he was he was right up there, top four rounds. So, um, Kellen Mond, we'll see what, what he's able to accomplish. The Denver Broncos. This is brutal news. Um, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. I feel really bad for this guy. He tore his ACL last year in camp, and he was a, apparently early in camp a really great target for Russell Wilson. And seemingly, you can imagine a situation or a scenario where he could have helped that offense do something last year. He's 6'4", 212 pounds uh, in, in 2020, caught 51 balls for 742 yards, 6 TDs, 2021, 53 balls, 734 yards, 5 TDs. Of course, the ACL... And then this year, as camp started, tore his Achilles. Tore his Achilles all the way through. Um, he's going to be going on 30 years old now, so you don't know what his career is going to do from here. But he's a good deep threat, uh, really sure hands, decent route runner, uh, tall, strong. That's going to be a, a big blow to, to the Broncos. I, I know they still have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They have some things that they can do, but um, not having Tim Patrick for another year is brutal. And for his career, I, I don't know where he goes from here. ACL Achilles usually spells the end for a guy at wide receiver with leaping ability who was a deep threat. Um, doesn't seem like the the prospects for him going going uh, anywhere or, or really being productive after this year doesn't seem like they're very high. The New York Giants. This is a fun one. Talk about deep threats. Jalen Hyatt. Vol, who was great last year. I mean, absolutely Phenomenal as a deep threat. He's been clocked at 24 miles per hour in some of his route running at camp. And one of the, I think they clocked him at 24 miles per hour running a deep post, skinny post. Uh, obviously a third-round pick this year and plays for the Giants. He actually outdid Tyreek Hill's top speed in a game of 23.2 miles per hour. So the speed he possesses this could be really fun for this Giants offense, Connor. We got to keep an eye on this. Saquon Barkley's now involved. Daniel Jones has his big deal, even though I don't, I'm don't. i not necessarily a big Daniel Jones fan. Um, but they added Darren Waller. They brought in Paris Campbell from the Colts. He's a speedster of his own. At his combine, he ran a 4-3. Jalen Hyatt could be a great, unstoppable deep threat for them in this year's season. If they get the run game going, Find a way to bomb over top using Daniel Jones's arm. I like what they have. And defensively, they're still solid. This Giants team, I know we're talking about at the top of the, the NFC East, you have the Eagles and the Cowboys. I understand that. But the Giants can really press. They won a, won a playoff game last year. They have some confidence about them. And here's the, here's the talking point I've brought up several times. Who in the NFC really wows you? The Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Outside of that... It's open. It's open. You're looking for another team to replace the Bucks. You're looking for another team to replace the Rams that have been there the past few years. Why not the Giants? Is I guess the question I'll answer here or ask here. Um, now we don't have a drop for the final one, but the Commanders, the Washington Commanders. That a boy. <laughs> That's the one. You sent me this one, Connor. You sent me this one. But new owner Josh Harris and minority partner Magic Johnson have been using. Their former name, 
their former name, not the Washington football team. They're using the Redskins name. That's what they're using. Ron Rivera spoke on their behalf, uh, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. He said, well, I know this. Mr. Harris and that ownership group talked extensively about bringing bringing back the glory. And again, what Coach Gibbs did, the traditions, that alumni group of guys that are, are, are around, it's hard to escape it. It really is. That's the truth of the matter, just so everybody knows. We do that with the utmost respect for the Native tribes. Of course you do, right? And uh, for the American Indian, anytime that's brought up, it is brought up with the utmost of respect. It's a disrespectful name. It was a slur then. It's a slur now. Why are you Why are you bringing it up again? I know there's a lot of people that will disagree about uh, moving on from that name, but I, I don't want to hear any of it. They moved off on from that name for a reason. There's a lot of people that called for it uh, within the, the, the money movers and pushers in that organization. They needed to move on from it. Why are they using it right now? You don't have to go recreate Old Glory by using that name. You can, you can, you can still rest on and talk about what happened in the past with that franchise while using the name Commanders, while using the name Washington Football Team. Using that name does nothing to recreate Old Glory. What recreates Old Glory is running a good franchise, bringing in guys that win, and winning games. It has nothing to do with using. The name Washington Redskins. It's just, it's, it's foolish. And I, you know, you thought this new ownership group, and I, they still have a chance to be better completely than Dan Snyder. It's hard to be worse. But why? What? What? What's the point? What's the point of continually trying to? If it was a slur, then it's a slur now. Stop using it. Yeah, I think when I sent it to you, I was just like these poor fans. The first news that comes out post sale is that they're using the old name again, and it's like, what? Can y'all just get it together and? and Run a football team, please. That's all That's all you they have to can't. do. They Using can't. the name's not going to bring back the glory of those years. Putting together a good football team will do that. Yes, it's not complicated. I, I, I know it's a little simplified, but that's kind of where they're at. Put it's not a good that team. hard. And, I mean, this year I, I wouldn't expect much out of the commanders. I would imagine them being at the very bottom of the, of the NFC East. Um, but, I mean, if Sam Howell can get something going, why not, I guess? They have a decent offensive line. Um, Terry McLaurin's still there. Jahan Dotson they used as an as a early pick a few years back. Curtis Samuel's there. Defensively, they have a really good defensive line. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, although they did not pick up the fifth-year option to Chase Young uh, before this season. They have a chance to be at least serviceable. But stop using the old name. That doesn't bring back old glory. Bringing back old glory is not complicated. Get to glory. Find better players. Run your franchise the right way. They've been running the franchise since 08 poorly. It's not that complicated. Now, it's easier said than done. <laughs> you have to find guys that get you over the hump. Um, but saying, saying we're the Washington Redskins does not, does not do that for you. But that'll uh, conclude our trip around the NFL. And it's time for small talk. And uh, in small talk, to talk about... Uh, Old Glory, 1977 Voyager 2, went off on its mission to explore the cosmos. And yesterday, looks like NASA has lost uh, lost communication with Voyager 2. We'll discuss that when we return 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. Space exploration today in Small Talk. And uh, NASA, NASA has made a, uh, they've, uh, they've screwed it up. We have Voyager 2, the legendary Voyager 2, the spacecraft 
that's been exploring the cosmos and the universe since 1977. Um, they've lost contact with it. <laughs> they've lost contact. It was a complete accident, apparently. They sent it the wrong command. <laughs> Massa did. What command did you... Wait, first of all, here's my other thing. This is this is my first thought. You sent it the wrong command. Why do you have a command that makes you lose makes you lose uh, service? Why do you have a command that makes you lose um, lose contact with Voyager Two? It's a kill switch for aliens. That's not that's, that's not beat around the bush here. Yeah, that's what that is. That, that seems aliens like, get on that craft. Goodbye communication. That, that seems like a dumb command to have. Which makes me think ultimately. But if there was aliens out there, wouldn't you want to? I mean, you'd want to see them. You'd want to. See if you could communicate with them if they made the contact alien. with Voyager 2. What if 2? it's a xenomorph? Yes. Then we're all dead. <laughs> a xenomorph? Okay, I got you. Um, and we, we did have last week. You did miss that whole conversation. The aliens. Yeah, they're here. They're They've here. They've been here. They've they're been here. here for a while. And where are you? Just, where, speaking of which, where do you stand on that conversation? We've had some back and forth. Jeff, when we, had, when we talked about it, he said that he doesn't understand why the American public would be left in the dark because it's not that scary. If, if aliens are ultimately out there and we've made contact with them, it shouldn't be that scary to the American public. And I'm like, no, I, I feel like there would, be some, there would be some blowback and there'd be some concern from the American public and you don't want to have a full freakout. There is my, one of my favorite scenes. Guess what? Connor's going to relate this to a movie. One of my favorite <laughs> scenes from Men in Black okay. is when Tommy Lee Jones is sitting on a bench with Will Smith and they are looking out into the distance and Will Smith is contemplating whether or not he wants to join the Men in Black. And Will Smith asks a similar question to Tommy Lee Jones. He says, why haven't we told people? And Tommy Lee Jones calmly responds, a person is smart. People are stupid. Ooh, okay. That's a, the that's a, that's the a, public as a whole, I do not think, could handle yeah. knowing that aliens were among us. But I, I do, th- I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it's, it's possible. This is, this is where I've always been. I don't know how it's possible to not think they're out there. I don't, I don't know how possible. Mathematically, I've always kind of assumed that they were yes. probably out yeah. there. It would, it would be... Uh, you know, and now we have intelligent former well, intelligence which, which agents telling us which one's scarier. Being the only living life form out there in the entire universe, that that one scares me more. Yes, that's 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 terrifying. That one's scary. Yes, um, considering how we are as a life form. Too. There's there's a ton of theories that I read through though. There's like the great, uh, what's it called? It's like the great sifter or something like that. Where it, there's a theory that every Every society gets to a certain point, and then some big thing happens that makes them go backwards or something like that. So, uh, to be honest, I, I found it interesting, and I was like, oh, this is interesting that this is happening in Congress. I also still have some question marks about where the information came from and whether it's verifiable or not. I also have question marks about why it's being told to us now. What else is out there that they're trying to keep, keep, get our eyes on the aliens and not pay attention to? That, yep. that usually has something to do with news like this so you know yep. I, I think it's very interesting um i also got bills to pay so i don't really care yeah <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it's not gonna I'll change move on with my life it, until until right. they're they're wanting to, to fight us or do something yeah. give me money will they give me a check if they give me a check i'll talk about them I'm, until, I'm until that big ass spacecraft right hovers down over top of us you're you just can't work. Listen, that happens. It's a wrap anyway. So, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to get through day to day. So back to the Voyager 2, again, 1977, NASA has lost contact with it. Uh, Voyager 2 is currently 12 billion miles away from Earth. I don't know. And listen, NASA, some of the stuff they have, although they did send it out in uh, 1977, some of the, the, Things at their disposal may be a lot better than, than what I know about now, but I don't know how you get contact with something that's well. I don't know how you re- sort of 
get back to having contact with something that's 12 billion miles away from Earth. Seems so tough. Seems, yeah, it seems like it'll be hard. Yeah. Um, I need an update from NASA, though. I want to know how this happens. But imagine sending something out in 1977 for the first time that's supposed to explore the entire cosmos, and you're supposed to really start to understand things as you pass by planets and moons and everything else, uh, all, all these different things, and you lose contact with the damn thing. Now you got to send out a brand new one. <laughs> if, if they can't get contact with it, they're probably just going to deal with another one and send out another one and see what else they can do. And then 12 billion miles away from Earth, maybe they'll make the same mistake. I don't know. This is strange. Could you imagine being the guy or gal that accidentally hit that kill switch? That was that accidentally <sighs> put in the command? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Connor. I don't get why they have a kill switch. I'm telling you, it's Aliens game. <laughs> There's no other explanation that I will accept. It's aliens. That that thing's coming back at us at a, a crazy speed, or there's something on it, and they're like, uh-uh, can't come back. We got to kill it. We got to kill all communication, blow that thing up. Now, let me ask you, could this be Big Brain? Could it be advertising for their new streaming service that they just announced? Yeah, what's this about? Tell me about their streaming service. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that these two things are linked, but NASA has announced that NASA Plus is going to be available on most major platforms via the NASA app on iOS, Android, mobile, and other uh, streaming How much do you have to pay like for it? It's free. It's, it's free. totally free. Okay. You turn it on, and it's just they just want to bring science and NASA to your living room, basically. That's it pretty sounds cool. like that they are going to have some uh, agencies on there. They're going to have some information on there, some classes, things like that. I think you might be able to do a live stream deal of outer space. So basically hey. this is, hey, Flat Earther, shut up, please. You can, hey. look, you can now do a live stream. No, no. What would be interesting is if, like, a couple days before they if they launched it yet, they haven't launched it yet. It is coming soon. So that's couple why I'm of saying, days before they the launch it, they say, "Hey, communication has been restored with Voyager 2. Oh, check I see it what out. You're I'm saying maybe the first episode of, of whatever could have been a. Oh no! <laughs> and the way I don't understand it is like. A, there's episodes of things, or is it it's, just like you live it's, streaming uh, this something? Is, the like, website just says that it's going to be a connected, topic-driven experience with a common search engine, integrated navigation, optimized publishing capabilities, and a modernized and secure set of web tools. It sounds like the idea is to have live coverage of things. They're going to have, I think, you know, video series. Uh, they're going to have launch series, things like that. I might download it because I get. I'm, I'm curious cool. about these things. Like I would, cool. I would, I would, I wouldn't mind just getting a live stream of all the different spacecrafts they have out there. So you just see live stream of Earth, live stream of Voyager two, if they ever get communications back and see what it's seeing at that time. I think that would be cool enough in itself. But I don't know if they'll have episodes or like series or anything. I'd imagine they'll probably do that. As I they, doubt as they they'll start have to roll it out. scripted series, but they may have a. I think that they like may have like a type scientific, deals? yeah, like yeah. Cosmos and stuff. Yes, like the Cosmos. Maybe they bring it to. Maybe NASA can get the rights for it, and they bring it over to, to NASA Plus. So that's yeah. something to look out for. But the Voyager, I think that thing's long gone. Long gone. Th- well, I don't know. I don't know. I, t- I can bring up another me. movie, but I, I feel so, like so, you've already, it's my first show back. I can't be doing one, it every second. Yeah, um, that, that's one movie reference in this segment. I think that's enough <laughs> for now. Um, but they're unable to receive commands or transmit data back to Earth. I, 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 they probably have a way to try to restore communications, but we'll have it's to It's a keep long way away, man. Sometimes well, I can get my yeah, Wi-Fi to work from my living room to kitchen. So. Yeah, you, you can't just you can't just go retrieve it. Yeah, it's not it's not how this works. I don't I don't think we can handle that. But uh, we'll see we'll see what happens with a uh, good old Voyager two. 
1977, and now it's been exploring the cosmos, and we have lost all communications with it. But we have one hour left in the Gabe Coon Show today. We'll start that hour talking with Christian Fowler, as is customary on a Tuesday, Bluff City Media, on the Bluff Pod with me. We'll talk some Tigers basketball, Tigers football, get into a little NFL. That's next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.